Cornelia. <laughs> Hello, Kat. <laughs> How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm very excited to talk to you. Uh, oh, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't say uh, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. Kat and I uh, go not that long ago <laughs> back, but it feels like we know each other for longer than that. So thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited uh, to be in your podcast. I know that you are helping so many women. So I'm really excited to be even invited on it. So Kat and I met back in when was that February? We met at an event. I was alone. I was supposed to be with a friend of mine. She didn't show up. And then Kat was there with another girlfriend. And I literally just turned around. I just wanted to start a conversation because that's something girls always ask me, like, how do you meet friends as an adult? And Kat and I met, what, six months ago? And like, we're actually friends. I feel like some of you already seen Kat on my page because I've been sharing about her company and stuff like that. So I'll just let Kat introduce yourself. Yes, thank you. And actually, I think that is one of my favorite things about you as a friend that you are always supporting other women and other businesses. So I think that's always really cool. A little bit about me. I'm Kat. I started the Boho Experience, which is my event company two years ago, almost. I left corporate America, which I was in a very secure job and I loved it. But I realized that I kind of wanted to start something on my own. Um, both of my parents are immigrant entrepreneurs, so I you know, wanted to follow on their footsteps. Didn't know much what I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to start something in events. And that's a little bit about the company. Let's go. Let's go back to your corporate America job. What were you doing? And where was that job? It was you were born and raised in Miami. I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, no, I was actually born in Ecuador. Um, I came as an immigrant and I was actually an immigrant for a very long time. Um my mom worked many different jobs here and we lived in a motel that was like a very small motel in a one bedroom where our bed would plop off from the um the wall literally like it would just plop off and we didn't really have anything and from there um we just you know what we're able to start different things here with her and i went to college for a couple years i graduated in marketing and advertising and it was just you and your mom my mom, it was just me and my mom, and <laughs> she's a hustler. Um, but yeah, she, she really wanted me to work in um, in like a big company with like the benefits and all of that. And I started working at this company called Zimmerman Advertising, which if anyone is in advertising, they know that this is like your gateway into any advertising agency here in Miami. There's clients like McDonald's and Nissan, a bunch of different ones. And in your signature, it literally says available 24-7. So you are available to your clients 24-7. You There's like the work-life balance in, corporate, in advertising. There's really not much. So yeah, that's kind of how I got in. I worked there for a couple a couple years and then I left corporate America to start something on my own. I actually want to talk about your upbringing a little more because I feel like that's very interesting. And a lot of people who are born and raised in America, they are not aware of all the struggles we go through as immigrants. And even though you were brought here when you were a baby, I'm sure it was still different for you to kind of grow up here and live in a different country with just your mom. And where's the rest of your family back back in Ecuador? Yeah, everybody lives in Ecuador. And it was a little bit hard for not a little bit. It was actually my mom made it so easy for me because she was always so loving and stuff. But now when I look back, she came when she was 25 years old. And to have like a, you know, you know, a 10 year old with her, um, it's hard on anybody not speaking English or anything. Mm -hmm. And she worked as a waitress. Um, it sometimes we didn't have like her meal for us for both to eat would be like what she would bring home, like what they would give her at the restaurant mm -hmm. for her to eat her one meal. She would bring it for me to eat. And I wouldn't even realize that, that she hadn't ate all day, you know, and I'd hang out by the pool and watch like people, you know, barbecuing and stuff. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm starving. And like people have came up to me and gave me food, you know, and when I started elementary school, there was a program um, where people, where mothers that don't have a lot of money are enrolled in and you're able to type in a number when you're eating. And when you're typing your number, your meal is for free. And I didn't even understand why it was for free because I, I went to this really big school where there were so many people that had a lot of money and I would type mine in and they would be like, why aren't you paying? You know, like, why don't you have to? And I'm like, I'm just cool like that. Like, I didn't realize. <laughs> because I, I love didn't that. Have 
Oh my god! Yeah. You, you never told me this. This is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was that. a struggle. <laughs> no, but I I met your mom. Your mom is so sweet. Kat is getting married soon, and we were at her bridal shower a f- few weeks ago. And you put name tags on each plate, and your mom, your mom and I like we like got along at your bridal shower, and she saved my <laughs> nameplate. She saved it and she gave it yeah. to me last time she saw me. I was like, oh my God, this is so nice and so considerate. And I mean, I, I love your mom. Your mom is awesome. So you came here, you said you were 10. Yeah, I came when I was like around eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I went to school here in in a school called Nova, which is like a lottery school. It's very difficult to get into. My mom some way got me in. So you came when you were eight. Did you speak English? No, I didn't speak English. And I learned very quickly, surprisingly. I first went to school for um, fashion as well. I loved like fashion and like styling and all of that. And I wanted to be a buyer, like for a really big boutique. And from there, I realized that in order to be a part of the fashion world, you had to start working in the retail like aspect of it. And I just, I worked there and I couldn't do it. I'm like, I, this is, I can't do this. Not for any reason. It was just like I felt like it wasn't I wasn't passionate about it. I was like, I'm not passionate about dressing people. It's not really what I like to do. So I was kind of lost for a little bit. And I kept looking online like for jobs for marketing because that was like the next thing that was like creative and whatnot. I totally lied on everything on my resume. (laughs) I like made up, I went like Googling like what to do in resumes for this one job that I really wanted. And let's help people who maybe don't have that much experience at a job and they want to kind of finagle their way in. We are not saying you should fake your resumes, but let's just talk about her experience. (laughs) Yes, we do not condone faking your resume, but... I think this is something that it's all across the board in all of the United States. I think everyone always fluffs up their resume a little bit. And unfortunately, the only way sometimes for you to get a job, even if you're the smartest person and the most like, you know, the the best person for the job, the most qualified and you're going to do the best job, they're not going to hire you just because of this one piece of paper. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, as soon as I got get in with this one piece of paper, I know that I have the skills to like talk and tell them like everything that I'm passionate about. So I just needed to do this one resume. So I went online and I researched like best resumes. I like just I was applying for a marketing coordinator. Okay. Um, so you which I hope my old boss does not hear this. <laughs> <laughs> if she's the bougie bestie now, she knows. Uh, (laughs) so you, you found a dream job at that time, which was marketing coordinator. And then you just Googled basically what does a marketing coordinating do? Or I put in, what does a marketing coordinator do? What type of qualities do they need to have? Like, what are the other abilities? I made my resume like marketing, like over marketing coordinator. Mm -hmm. And I had asked a couple of my friends that, you know, worked in different companies if I could just say that I worked with them before, you know, just completely lying. Yeah, I I did that before. (laughs) So then you created this resume and you applied to how many different jobs? I actually applied to like maybe... I applied to at least 10 jobs a day, actually. Mm -hmm. And I would not get a call back from so many different ones until I was like, okay, what's... I would... I would realize something that they would be like, you're not qualified because you don't have any experience in X, Y, and Z. So I kind of sometimes when they would give back feedback, because I always ask and I'm like, oh, was there something, you know, that was missing? And they're like, yeah, you actually don't know a lot about PR. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. Ads like I know how to do PR. And then I'm like Googling what PR is, like all things that you can learn in a job, Mm -hmm. especially as a coordinator, Mm -hmm. you know? You kind of see this in movies, but mostly like for actors, they say they can do like, they can you know, ride a horse or something, and then they get a part in a movie and they can't really ride a horse. So you're just, I mean, I feel like everything you kind of create in your resume, you have to know that you can actually do. So don't add skills like speak German if you can't really speak German. (laughs) You can't really learn that in a few days. I got this job at a company. I got to do their marketing. I was a marketing coordinator and then I got bumped up to be a marketing specialist. And I did, I ran the entire marketing department. Like if you look at my LinkedIn, (laughs) like all my colleagues from there, they all like write how I was like the marketing person for there. And I started with zero skills. I didn't know anything of anything, but I would just get home and I got, I 
promise you on everything. I got these books that were like marketing for dummies, PR for dummies, like all these things. (laughs) I became so good at everything that I was doing, but everything was like self-taught or online. I traveled with that company. I got promotions. I, you know, until now they're around and I'm like really cool with the owners. Like they love me. And then I jumped over to Zimmerman and it was like working for Google and the advertising agency, if you've ever seen it, Mm -hmm. it's like this huge building, 500 people. And it was not what I expected, you know, after a while. But um, you also realize like all the amount of time that you're spending into this career. And you also realize how no matter how much I would have done for that company, which was like my aha moment, is that no matter what I would have done for that company, if I would have, you know, stayed until 10pm every single day, my salary was going to always be capped at one point, Mm -hmm. And I was never going to be making more money than the owner. And the owner had like, you know, a private jet, you know, just a billionaire, millionaire, you know, and I'm like, why can he do it if I can't do it? When it comes to Zimmerman advertising, I'm sure you learned a lot. But can you tell me a few things that you really learned? working in corporate advertising? Yeah. So I'll say corporate to not say, you know, Zimmerman or anywhere. I realized to work with so many different personalities and something that you'll realize is that a lot of people that are in corporate, they get really bitter with themselves and because they've been at a job for so long and they start like making you like they bring down your excitement of getting a job or moving forward or they nobody wants to see you do better in corporate mm-hmm. you know like no one's ever like i hope she gets to be my boss mm-hmm. you know so it's like very competitive in that sense of like you know you're not nobody wants you to do better they want to give you all the work but they want to make all the money so many instances have happened to me where i used to just come home and just like scream in a pillow crying which now that you know me yeah. i feel like you would never think that i would do that But it was to that point where I was like, how can all these like one of my um, bosses, she sent me to go to to a a location and I was 24 years old. And she's like, you have to pay for the hotel with your credit card. And the hotel was like a three thousand dollar hotel. And I didn't have the money in my credit card. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I had to call my mom and everything and all these like little things where then I asked my boss and I'm like, is this normal? And they're like, no, we usually send people with a company card. So they would do like all these like so little So did they ever give you a refund? Like, yeah, they refund. They refund you, but at the moment like I'm 24, yeah. I'm living by myself, living paycheck to paycheck, the 3 grand I needed for my rent. Wow. Like I didn't need it for the hotel, you yeah. know. So it just so many things happen in corporate. I mean now that, and now when you're saying that, me. I remember I used to work in corporate for a little bit, which I don't really talk about on my page because it's not really relevant. But I remember that so many times I was working obviously for somebody else and they would be like, oh, can you just put your car down and I'll like reimburse you later? I'm like, I mean, I can. I don't know if it's going to go through. <laughs> so, but yeah. But no, but I was, what I was going to say about corporate is that it really, if you're in corporate, like my fiance is in corporate, I think that there, he works for an amazing company and he loves it and he does really well with it. So I think that if you find a good company that you, know, you relate to and you see yourself growing and everything like that, I'm like all for corporate. I also realize that with corporate, you realize how, you know, dedicated you are to something because if you're someone like me, like I was jumping jobs to jobs like every year, or every two years, just because I just couldn't stay still because I always just my head like I'm like I need to do more I need to do more but there are people Mm -hmm. that can stay there and they keep growing and they make more money so you have to realize like what stress you want to have because as a business owner it's like non-stop like Camilo shuts off at 5 30 and he's good Mm -hmm. you know and then there's a business owner that you're shut off ever you know so you you get to realize what type of person you want to do and like what you're willing to sacrifice in your time which is something that you also learn in corporate what would you say to people who work in corporate and they see that they can't really, you know, make any more money there or they just can't grow as a person, but they want to start something new and they don't know what they want to start, which is very common. I feel like, you know, you're stuck at a job and you want to do something for yourself. But then, as you just said, like, you also have to see if you are capable of having a business because people think that having a business is so easy and such glitz and glam. I mean, I know Kat, Kat has an event company and obviously events happen all day, every day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, like it doesn't stop. So like you're always on call. Some people may think they want to work for themselves and they just don't know how much it actually takes up of your time. And there's times when you're, you know, very stressed out. Maybe you're completely broke. Maybe you 
can't attend, you know, your friends' uh, barbecues and stuff because you have to work at a barbecue. What would you say to people who are in corporate and kind of think of branching out on their own? I think that if you want to branch on out on your own, you can start with something super small after your job, you know, because you obviously need to start pay your bills, you know, unless you have someone that can obviously financially support you for a little bit. But I would say for you to think at something that makes you really, really happy, like something that you really, really enjoy doing, because you don't want to leave your job to start something that you really don't even care to do because you're not going to put your all into it, you know? So I left corporate, you know, and I'm like, I'm never going back to corporate because I love events. I love to do events. I know that I'm good at them. I know that I can, you know, work my boss to make sure that something comes out really good. So that's why I went for that. You know, my mom often tells me like, let's do a clothing business. Like let's sell clothes. And she has all the, like the manufacturers and everything. And I'm like, I don't enjoy selling clothes. I don't like it. Like I know that I could do well in it, I'm sure, but I don't genuinely like it. So make sure that you think of something that you like. And most importantly, make sure that you come up like you don't something that I think gets really lost in the message whenever you talk to an entrepreneur is like, just write down a plan. And then once you have the plan, then you have like everything, you know, set out for you. It's like, that's not how I started. I started out like, I want to do events. Cool. What do I have to do? Okay, cool. I'm going to start with like two picnic tables. And then I'm going to rent a U-Haul truck. And I'm going to like, try to see how this works out. I'm going to make it seem like I have this huge event company and figure out how I can do it. And I was, I literally went with Camilo to a U-Haul place, picked Mm -hmm. up like, two tables and then I went to do an event and we were when we finished and the lady paid us in cash we were cracking up because we're like I cannot believe someone just paid us for this like (laughs) what is life you know and now I'm doing events for like 450 people but if you can just picture Camilo driving a U-Haul truck and we were like and that money that we made we're like we have to pay the U-Haul truck like did we make money did we not make money like but it was just the start you know of something so yeah. you don't have to have it all figured out. Just something that you actually enjoy to do. Okay. I, I love this entire story and I want to dig super deep into it. So you decided you want to do events and your company is called the Boho Experience. Yes. Why Boho Experience? So the Boho Experience initially, when I first started the event company, I wanted to do picnics on the beach, right? I had seen other companies do them in Australia, not that many in Miami. So I named it the Boho Experience because everything was bohemian and whatnot. What I will say now is two years later, it kind of bit me in the butt because I don't do just Boho events anymore. I do corporate events. I do everything, which is back what I was saying before. It's like, you don't have to have the name of what you're going to do. Like now I can, you know, rebrand myself or change some stuff up or build a name that clients now see that I do events like I just went to a a corporate company right now and they're like, what's your name? And I'm like, the Boho Experience. And they're like, the Boho Experience? Like for a corporate event? And I'm like, yeah, like me. Um, So you don't have to have it all written down. Um, But that's Hi, it's the Boho Experience. But that's that's how I came up with it. I was just writing it down. And I also, I created it on Canva. I created my logo on Canva Mm -hmm. in like, 35 minutes because I'm like, I'm doing this right now. I started the Instagram. I got the Canva and I'm like, this is it. Like, I'm just going to do it. And that I didn't like have anybody do my website. I did my own website, which is was super gangster. Like I went on Squarespace, created some <laughs> stuff. Like I was just like, I'm going to do this. Like I, I, cause I know that if I was to wait for the perfect logo, the perfect website, the perfect everything, all these other companies were going to start doing the same thing that I wanted to do because it was becoming popular. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, no, 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 I need to be like one of the first. So that's why I just went for it. I have to say a similar thing happened to me when I used to work in beauty. That that's how my handle is Coco Beauty. And I feel that I limited myself with adding that in my name. But at the time, it worked out because I was working in beauty. And I wanted everybody to see that I'm, you know, in beauty. So even sometimes today when I'm talking to somebody who wants to start a business, I tell them, try not to limit yourself to be catering just to a certain type. But I know it's hard. Like you have to kind of tell people what you are doing in your name. Yeah. So you created your logo yourself. You created your website. You know, that's what I really, really love about you, that you are just like, I'm going to figure it out. And I, I don't know why I see this more and more even with like younger generations, they just need everything served on a silver platter. <laughs> I did not pronounce this right. Silver platter. platter. 
They just want everything. <laughs> they just want everything given, or like they just want to hire somebody. And like, oh, if I don't have ten thousand dollars to hire a branding company to do my branding, I just, I guess I'm just not gonna do it. But that's something that you and I definitely have in common. We're like, let's just figure it out. If if anything, there's Google, there's YouTube, there's so many even books for dummies, which I hundred percent read read as well. You can just educate yourself, and you can just. Start somewhere. Yes. So you wanted to start this picnic company, and then you and your fiance rented a U-Haul. And what was your first event? Do you remember? Yeah, of course. I wanted to do like a launch party. That's how I wanted people to know about my brand. So I'm like, I'm gonna create. I'm gonna do this big launch party. That's how people. And I'm gonna decorate this place, and I'm gonna make it seem like I do these huge events. So I did my launch party. I'm like, I'm going to do it next month. Like, I'm just going to purchase everything. Like, I got all the stuff. I got a warehouse, like, uh, not a warehouse, sorry. I'm giving myself way mm-hmm. too much credit. I got myself a public storage, <laughs> like, a storage. Um, and then I got this place. And I, I have did a everything public storage there. now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you know half you of know my, half of my, there. half of my belongings are in a public storage at the moment. <laughs> um, it's so funny because I had a client back then. They were like, can I come see like your warehouse? And I'm like, oh, we're closed right now. And it was like, the oh, public there's a storage. flooding. And I'm like, I can't have you. <laughs> yeah. um, but I did this party and I invited all the girls that I knew and I spent like five thousand dollars on this party right but i did like all these different things like rose i got rose i got all these different sponsors as well but what was really cool about this that i did this party was what's not cool it was interesting is that it was going to cost me five grand so i'm like i don't like not that i don't have like i don't want to spend the five grand so i'm like i want to work with someone that can help me or whatever so i reached out to one of my friends and his fiance and i was like do you want to you know be my partner and he, they were like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, just got to have to pay 2500 for this launch party. And at the time, they were like, no, like, it's just too much. And they had the money, but they were like, it's like a picnic company. You know, they're like, no, mm-hmm. thank you. And until now, he's like, that's like my biggest regret. Like, not because yeah. imagine, like, we, I made that money back, like, my, in my first two weeks, you know? But it was such a blessing because when I told him, he's like, you're selling half of your company for $2,000. Like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I have the money to give you. I just want to add something here that people sometimes have to get into projects, which may not be super lucrative in the beginning. But if you see value in people and if you see value in a project, you have to be there early because you never know what's going to blow up. I mean, you just gave us a perfect example with your friend. If he invested in your company $2,000, now he would be making way more than that. So don't always look for money. I'll give you an example. There was this one guy who reached out to me on Instagram for helping me with videos. And there was a point that I was like, I was not sure if I want to do videos. Yes, no, whatever. And then he recorded one of my videos for my podcast. And obviously I paid him his rate and all that. But he was just always there for me and like helping me with other edits and helping me with I don't know, like if I if I wanted to buy a new mic, he would tell me what mic to buy. He just he was just there for me and he was not gaining literally anything from me at that point. And then when I had the money to hire somebody to record a podcast, he was my first guy on the list. And I was talking to him recently about I mean, obviously, this podcast just started a little bit ago, but my dream is to have a proper studio and have everything, you know, professionally done. And I told him, you're the first person on my list. And I said, like that that day when I get some extra cash, you'll you're getting a zell from me immediately, you know, for all the work that you've been doing for me recently and just helping and just like mentally being there for me. If I have a question about this industry that I'm not really, you know, educated about, you know, audio editing is not really my vibe, but it's becoming my vibe. So there are so many different things that you can do and start small and you know grow and then from there it doesn't even have to be a huge investment often people think that starting a company takes thirty thousand dollars or forty thousand dollars and it doesn't start like that i started with literally five thousand dollars you know and it's things that i could have even started with a little bit less because i just did a launch party i could have started with one picnic Mm -hmm. table then after that one event i could have bought picnic tables and i could have done three picnic tables you know Mm -hmm. so often people get confused that they have 
something so big and so grand, but you can start small just because you start small doesn't mean you won't go really big. Cause now I do events for like 450 people, mm-hmm. 500, you know, a bunch of different ones. And it's just from, I started with two people, you know? Yeah. You don't need to have a lot of money to start a business. Let's, let's rewind. So you started a company. It was just you or you had any outside help? Well, my fiance helped me, you know, start with the $5,000 that we had. And that was just him and I. Can you walk me through exactly how you guys did it? So this first event that you got hired by somebody else, that's not your friend, not your, you know, neighbor. How did they find you? So that grand opening that I did, a lot of girls posted me that day. And from there, one of the girls that had posted me, you've met her before, Chanute. She posted me and her friend reached out to me and she's like, hey, I have a birthday. Like I'm doing a party. Like I would love for you to help me decorate. And I was like, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, super excited. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? That's how I first started. It was just through social media, like someone tagging that one party that I had from that event that I did. I got another client. She had just made a million dollars and she wanted to make a party, you know, for her oh, wow. friends that had helped her make a million dollars. So I did her party and I was like screaming. I was jumping up and down. And you know what was the coolest part about these like starting so small and not knowing? It was just like the excitement of people hiring you because I was like, I cannot believe someone just paid me $650. Like I was like, what is life? Like mm-hmm. I was just so genuinely excited like I was like this is it's like such a thrill when someone even gives you $20 for something that you're doing you're like wow you know you know how it is when you first sold I'm sure when you first sold your cap like your your merch and you got the money you were like oh my god people are buying what I'm selling the first time I saw a girl wearing my hat on the street here in Miami I started crying and I was like almost (laughs) I almost started running to take a picture of her but it was it was dark and Wes was like I don't think you should run in the middle of the night towards this random girl. She's going to think you're a creep. But no, I still I still have a photo of her from like from the back. No, and it is a very very special moment and I feel like people sometimes get caught up in this big dreams and big visions that they forget to actually enjoy the process. It's so exciting especially when you do something on your own and you're so proud of yourself for doing it and figuring it out and I feel like you guys, you know, you started small, but now you have these huge events, but I would love to learn more. How did you kind of scale up your business? So you started with two picnic tables. It was just you and your fiance. What was the next step? Like what was like the first investment you actually made in the company that think made a difference? Hiring somebody else, because I feel like what differentiates me and, you know, often people don't like When I talk to business owners, they ask me and I always tell them and they're like, wow, like, why didn't I think of that? And it's basically what I did is I invested in the company, but in somebody else, because Mm -hmm. I, as a business owner, can only do so much like I and Camilo had a full time job, so he couldn't do this. And that's what happens often with these people that have these, you know, small businesses that they're like the husband's helping or the aunt's helping. But I hired someone to genuinely help me answer the Instagram messages, which we were getting a lot um, all the time. So I hired, I hired someone to help me with that so I can do the calls and they can just, you know, set everything up for us. Um, and then I hired someone to help me deliver more things. So I went on Google and I'm like, you know, carriers in Miami and I found this guy and I was his first big client and he was also starting and I didn't even know him. He had one picture and I tell (laughs) him he just looked scary. And I'm like, whatever, I'll meet you tomorrow, 9 a.m. Send me your license <laughs> picture right now. And I see this I scary him. man online. Let me meet him tomorrow, 9 a.m. And he did the drop off for me. And until today, yeah. he works with me. Like, he's worked wow. with me for two years now. And he now has a team. And he has wow. built his company into things. Yeah, so we were both starting at the time. And we laugh, you know, it's just so funny because he was like also working, like he was just delivering flowers before, you know, like in his car. And now he, and then he bought a van because of me, like a huge van. And now he, (laughs) yeah, he's killing it. But that's kind of um, how it started. Who who was the first person you hired? An assistant? Or would you say it was like your um, admin or Insta social media person? What would that be? So I hired someone that um, I hired my cousin's wife at the time that she was like looking for mm-hmm. something. And I'm like, look, I can pay you this. Um, she was do- helping me with social media and she was helping me do the event. So it was just her and mm-hmm. I. 
um, doing the events. So that was my first investment into her and I being able to do things mm-hmm. and me paying her, you know, um, however I could, you know, it, maybe it was per event and then it got to salary, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just hiring somebody. Now, obviously, I have a full team. Um, but back then it was some, and then from there I went and got a carrier to take, you know, the things to different places. Cause I wanted to scale up and do bigger events. And, you know, usually mm-hmm. these picnic companies, they only have an SUV to do picnics for 10 people, you know, and I'm like mm-hmm. 10 people, I want to do like 50 people, you know? Yeah. So for those who might not know what kind of events we're talking about my first event company was a picnic company which if you guys have seen on instagram there's there's like really aesthetic very cute picnics on the beach with the umbrellas and the little you know flowers and the poofs and all of that that's how i originally started which is how you know the boho experience came along because everything was like dry flowers and everything so it's the picnics that you guys see like probably your favorite influencers you know Mm -hmm. posting about because now they've become really popular And now the events that I'm doing are, you know, nothing to do with the picnics, which we sometimes do, but more of, you know, like larger tables, weddings, corporate, like more, more on that scale now. Yeah. I mean, you and I did that event back in February and we're planning one more, by the way, you guys are going to be a part of a giveaway. We're going to announce that later on. But if you guys saw the event I had back in February that was with Kat, it's an influencer heaven. I feel like everything is just so pretty and you can take an aesthetic photo everywhere you go. So you you stopped with the picnics and you decided you want bigger events. Why did you decide to change your path with this event company? Because I think that's something that, which is going to sound really bad, but I'm being really honest today. Something that drives me a little bit different than sometimes other small businesses is that I don't want to be a small business. I don't want to be called Mm -hmm. a small business owner. I don't want to have a picnic for 10 people. And I love doing events for people. I love to see people happy. But my thing is to do everything in a grand scale. So I knew that I could only do these small picnics and be profitable. You know, you can make still a great amount of money, but I wanted to do like big events, big companies. And I knew that I network with people enough to know all these different companies. So I started posting inspiration pictures of bigger events. And then people were like, can you do that? And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And I'm like, YouTubing how to make these flowers, you know, YouTubing how to do these different that I had no idea. But I'm like, I I can do it. Like, why can't I do it? You know, I have to do it. And I want to go into corporate events more now with brand events and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you recently started a flower shop. Yeah, I started a flower shop because I realized that flowers, sometimes people don't need the whole event. When I started growing the boho, I realized like different things that I wanted to do for the boho experience. So I created a plan for myself, not when I started the business. I created it after I've seen what my clients are doing, after I had enough information to be able to be like, What are people buying? What are they spending the most money in? What are they doing? What do they like? What don't they like? So then I created a plan for myself, which has five different phases for us. So year two was our flower shop, you know, because I realized that people love our flowers. They spend a lot of money on flowers. So I decided to do that. And now we do events where we just do the flowers. Then we have another phase that we're going into by 2023, which is going to be the merch. You know, we're going to do our Mm -hmm. boho stuff, like things people are always asking us, like, where did you buy mm-hmm. these table runners? Where did you do this? So now we're going to sell that, you know, and then we have another phase that we have that will be in 2024. Wait, um, let's so just I- like, when when you say merch, it's not hats, like I'm selling, you no, guys are going to no. sell. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what I want. I want you to yeah. say that. Like, it's it's not, uh, no, it's, it's not, not just like, not like t-shirts and stuff. You guys no. are going to sell the actual setup that you guys yeah. use Crazy. basically in your setups. Right. For you to be able to host something on your own, because people often want to do it, you know, and like, Let's say I sold 10 plates and you're like, I love the plates that this girl has. Like, I want to buy them for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually just had a client ask me where we got these lamps. And I'm like, oh, we're going to start selling them. You know, I know where I got them, but I'm going to, I want to start selling them. And that happens all the time. You know, like people ask us where we got things. So that's kind of like what you have to see as a business owner. When people, you have enough of like, who does your flowers? Where do you get your flowers? These flowers are beautiful. I'm like, and they're spending the money on flowers. I'm like, okay flower shop we have enough cash to fund that now people have asked us for the past two years where do we get our stuff and I'm like oh I got it here and like I'm sending all this business to other people which obviously I don't mind but why can't I do it myself as well you know so mm-hmm. now we're we're 
working with a couple suppliers to, you know, figure out that logistic, which is why it's going to be in 20, you know, a little bit later, 2023. But yeah, you just realize like what you, what your audience is doing, what your clients, your demographics, everyone's doing and then demand, you know, and then you, you give it to them Mm -hmm. and you can make some money. You said, why don't I just do it myself? That's the same exact mindset that I have. And I know that a lot of people are struggling with that because maybe it's lack of confidence or lack of experience, or maybe they don't have a support system. How did you develop this mindset? Were you always like this? Yes. Um, (laughs) Because I know it, I know it sounds bad, but yes, only because my mom went through so much and she did so much. And I saw her work so much that I'm like, did so much to come to America. We struggled so much. And I see that the American dream is possible to everybody. So like, why was it, wouldn't it be possible for me? And I saw what she was able to do and how she Mm -hmm. learned English and how she did all of this with a kid. So Mm -hmm. I've always been super inspired by her. So yes, I've always been like super go-getter since I was, I had a job when I was like 12 years old. Like I've always worked. I've always like wanted to do different things. So why do you think some people are more lazy than others, but they also kind of want to start a business, but they're just like maybe lost or they don't know where to start? I think it's a couple of different things. I think one of them is your upbringing. I, I see the difference between me and some other people. And I see the difference that I they grew up with everything. And everything was always peaches for them. Everything was great for them. And, you know, everything was always handed to them. So when everything is handed to you, you really don't learn how to go out and get it for yourself. It's something that I, I don't I don't think my brother will hear this podcast. So it's it's kind of something that's happening between my brother and I. You know, my brother is the most amazing person. He's the most loved person ever. But he grew up with such a, you know, my parents just giving him and doing everything for him. He's my half brother, you know. And then mm-hmm. I grew up more on the rough side, like where I had to like figure things out, my mom and do all these things. And like now that he's older, my dad's like, well, what do you want to do? What And what do you want? And it's like he was babied for so long that it's actually mm-hmm. not helped him. So whenever I see moms like babying their kids and doing everything for them, I tell them like I, I just told this to my employee and I'm like, you're actually ruining his life because you're not mm-hmm. allowing him to figure things out for himself, you know, like go get this and you need to teach them how to make money, how to do things. So I think that sometimes that could be one thing. Another thing is that you're super comfortable and, you know, where you are, which is, you know, very normal. That's probably most of the cases. And three is you're uninspired and you don't have the right friends group. Because when you hang out with women that or men or anybody that have their own businesses and you guys are going out and they're talking about how they just did this, how they're going to France next month and how they're doing all these different things and you see them doing those things, if it doesn't inspire you to do more where you're like, I need to get to their level, you know, they're my friends. Why can't I do that? You know? you get kind of left behind and stuff. So I think that it's, it's a combination of things. I want to just piggyback off of the friend group comment. I remember when I was hanging out with people who were just like, you know, partying all the time or just wasting their life. I'm not, I don't want to say it wasting, you know, when I was hanging out with people who were just like living life and, in, and I'm not saying you need to be a go-getter, hustler, entrepreneur, you need to work 24 seven. I'm not saying that, but for me, Right now, I can only surround myself with people who are trying to do something. Whether you're super successful or you're just starting, I would rather have a conversation with somebody who wants to start their Instagram than have a conversation with somebody where we're just going to gossip about other people. Like, I'm completely not interested in that. I feel like some of my friends are, when I see people that are just comfortable being mediocre, yeah, it blows my mind. I just yeah. don't understand. Like you're just gonna what? What do you? What do you? What do you wake up for in the morning? Not everybody wants to, you know, grow an you empire. Know. Yeah, that's true. You know what happens? That I think that is something that I think that people are driven by, and it's your why. Like, why do you want to do this? If your why is just to buy a Ferrari, I don't know. Maybe it will happen, but you need to be like, why? Like, I feel like your why is like you want to make it, but you also like possibly want to take care of your family, you want to do all these different things. So you have to think of like a really big reason as to why you want to do it and keep motivating yourself. Yeah, I just feel like sometimes like I get on calls and I do these calls for I have I have another team with another business. And they're like, I needed this, like I needed this motivation and everything. And I'm like, if you need me to motivate you every single day, 
And I'm like, I don't want to like be rude or be like, you know, I don't want to bring you the bad news. And I'm like, but you're not going to make it. If you need someone yeah. else to motivate you every single day, you're not going to make it far because that motivation needs to be driven by you. You can obviously hear a podcast, like a great way to be motivated is listen to a podcast in the morning, get your butt to work, you know, do whatever you have to do, get home and work on your other business that you want to work on. But that motivation has to come within because if it doesn't, then, you know, you're not going to get far in life. Yeah, I'm just like listening to you, admiring how smart you are. And, and you know, what beats motivation every day because I, I did another podcast um, the other day and she was asking me like, what if you're not motivated? And I'm like, I'm not motivated on a Saturday after I've gone drinking yeah. on Friday to go to work. I'm like, it's discipline, like discipline mm -hmm. beats motivation every single day. So I'm disciplined that I have to run this business. I need to do all these different things. So I have to get up and post, get up and do these things. But the motivation is to get you started, but the discipline is what keeps you ahead of every other business that you get to do. How would you say you balance your personal life with your professional life when you work for yourself? I'm like, ah, no, I, I make, I made a schedule for myself where I have a day during the week for my friends, a day in the week for my fiance and I to do a date. And then on the weekends, the same one day where I like really go out and do something with everybody. And then sometimes, you know, like a family day on Friday, on Sunday. Um, but I try to like block the days on things that I'm going to do. But sometimes like I can't go to my friend's birthdays. I can't do things because mm -hmm. I'm working and they, you know, thankfully I'm in the right group right now where they're like, everyone understands, you know, they're like, I know you're like working. And that's really important. I feel like we need to stay on the friend topic just a little more and then we're going to wrap yeah. up. It's so important the people you surround yourself with. And it's so important that you have people that you can bounce off ideas off or you can just talk. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I created this group, Bougie Besties, which I actually should have talked more in the beginning because I didn't even mention it in my podcasts at all. That's why I actually created this group, Bougie Besties, because a lot of girls are telling me that they want to maybe find new friends or they are moving to a different city and they just don't know where to meet people. And I understand that not everybody's outgoing or not everybody wants to just like start talking to somebody on the street so i created this group literally for people to just connect with like-minded individuals because i'm guessing you know if people are following me i guess they kind of are the same vibe so they're gonna <laughs> like the other girls that are in the group and we're gonna have meetups and stuff so that's gonna be fun even if you don't join the group bougie besties even though i think everybody should is there anything you suggest how can people meet people like how can you meet friends as an adult yeah, I think that the bougie besties is like, so cool. I just saw that someone did like a New York meetup one. And I thought that yes. was like, I'm like <laughs> Canada oh, too. Yeah. It's like genius. It's genius. Yeah. And what I think is really cool is that something that you taught me, actually, I don't even think you know this, but we went to an event and you were like, we can't leave without like two contacts. Or you said that to me mm -hmm. at that event yeah. that we went to at one of the hotels. And yeah. I'm like, that is my goal now. I cannot leave mm -hmm. without two contacts. Like that is, and now when I go to networking events and I'm like two contacts or I'm not leaving. So mm -hmm. I think that the bougie bestie is definitely like, that's the way that I would recommend because you, you have so many different followers for some, so, so many different cities. And if there's not one in their city yet, I'm sure one is coming. And mm -hmm. there's also different events that they can search on like Eventbrite. If they click on like networking events in like California, they will pop mm -hmm. up like, you know, free networking events. And what I would encourage people to do is to go even alone, because imagine you didn't go to that event and I mm -hmm. alone, we would have never met. Yeah. And I think that is like the most courageous thing someone could do is to go to an event alone um, and be able to meet people and walk up to people and talk. And like, it's so uncomfortable in the beginning. I, I used to even have, I promise you, stage fright. Like, I would have not been able to do this podcast two years ago. I was always mm -hmm. super nervous talking. And the more I've done it, the more I've talked to people, the more uncomfortable I've gotten, the better I've been able to do things and the better I've been able to, you know, network with other people. You know, when people say it's difficult to meet people, I just don't understand how, because obviously I was naturally always outgoing. But yeah. this is the best tip I can give you. Be actually genuinely interested in that person that's in front of you. Don't look at that person like a, like an alien and that you need to understand them or you need to like get into their good zone or something. Just ask them a question or comp yeah. I mean, girls love compliments. I feel like if you compliment a girl, but you actually mean it, don't be like a mean girl comment. Yeah. Oh, I love your shoes. And then three days later, like you hanging out and see like, look at, you know. 
give a genuine compliment compliment to a girl or ask a question about the event so yeah. if, if you go to an event about whatever real estate maybe you can ask somebody next to you oh do you know what time they're starting and based yeah. on their, their answer their energy you're going to see if you can continue talking to people or not because sometimes it happens to me that i come to an event kat and i go to a lot of events here in miami and let's say if i come to an event and maybe she's not there yet or whatever happens that i'm alone at an event i try to talk to as many people as I can, but obviously I'm not going to continue talking to somebody if I feel like their energy is off or I, or they're just not, or they just don't want to talk to me. Is there any icebreakers you can share with girls? Like how, how can they? Something that I love about you is like, I probably relate with your followers a little bit on that scale because it is a little hard for me to make a conversation. If I'm there by myself, I'm like, <gasps> like, what do I say? What do I do? I will ask depending on whatever the event is. So let's say I was really excited to like see Serena Williams at like that tennis a tennis event I'd be like oh mm -hmm. do you know if Serena Williams has like started or is she are you mm -hmm. excited to see her like something about the event I usually ask usually like one of the first things I ask is um are you local like do you live around here oh cool mm -hmm. like that's kind of like one of the things I always ask and even when I go to the gym now I've been meeting girls I'm like oh do you live around this area and they're mm -hmm. like yeah I live. like I'm like oh me too I live on 18s do you ever go to this like park or whatever you know but I'm a little yeah. timid I, I, I'm sure you've noticed I'm more timid than you you can talk yeah. to anybody yeah no yeah I can talk to anybody and as you were saying that you know sometimes you don't want to go to events alone I feel like sometimes depending on what is the event obviously sometimes I prefer going alone because I feel like if you go with your friend and if your friend doesn't know that this event is a work event and maybe your yeah. friend just wants to hang out by the bar and have drinks and, you know, chat away, it's not productive for me. And nowadays when I go to events, I pick and choose events that are going to be maybe for my just, you know, having fun or an event where I'm going to go and network and gain a connection or learn something new. So don't be so scared to go to an event alone. If you're having a horrible time, you can always leave yeah. or you can literally call somebody like call a friend, you know, that like in those uh, games, like call a friend for help or something. Yeah, yeah. You can always leave a situation if you're not comfortable. In. I remember recently you told me you had an interesting experience with uh, your employees about something, yes. something about a commission structure. Can you just share that again, please? Because I thought it was very interesting. <laughs> Yes. So I actually put a commission structure to my entire team. Um, I had two other girls that were working for me before, and I offered that if we created a presentation that they can send it to different hotels or different brands to be able to get an event. Right. And I'm like, however much money we make from that event, let's say the event is 12 grand. I'll give you a thousand dollars. And mind you, one of the girls that worked for me was like, um, she lived in, you know, a third world country, didn't have a lot of money. She spoke perfect English, um, but I offered this to her and she's like, okay, perfect. And she had the presentation. All she had to do is just research some stuff and she would never do it. And she mm -hmm. would just click to log off at 530. And then I told it to another girl and she didn't do it. And I've told it to a couple of different people and they don't do it. And I was complaining to Camilo about it. And I was like, dude, if someone told me, that I can make a thousand dollars and I, they see the money coming into my business. You know, it's not like they're like, this yeah. girl's lying. We do events like 20 grand. We do big events. And there's so many brands we're a recognizable brand already. Mm -hmm. And I'm um, like, if somebody told me that I would go at six 30, like after I'm logged off and I would start looking yeah. for brands and go above and beyond. And nobody has done it until this day. And I do it and I find the brands and obviously I keep the commission. Mm -hmm. But when I explained it to Camilo, he was like, that's what makes a difference between an employee and a CEO. Mm -hmm. And I was like, he's like, if not, they would all have the company. And I was like, no, when I worked at companies, I always stayed late and did the above and beyond. So if you notice yourself doing that, that you go above and beyond for companies and you go above and beyond for things, like you have the skill set to be an entrepreneur because you have that already in you. If you see yourself logging out at 530 that you really don't want to do anything, then you're probably not going to be the best at, you know, starting a mm -hmm. business unless, you know, I don't know, but I've just been so mind blown by, by that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It's like offering them free money and they just don't want to take it because they have to send a few emails. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. There's yeah. something that you recently accomplished and I'm very, very proud of you, which I already shared on my Instagram. You were one of the main sponsors for Miami swim week. Congrats yes. again. 
How did that happen? Thank you. Um, I've actually been working with Miami Swim Week since I was really young. I used to style the models um, for free, sweating my butt off, picking up their (laughs) bikinis. And from there, I always kept good contact with people. And then one year, I did everything for free, like everything. I'm like, people, I I gave carpets for free. They threw up all over my carpets. I did everything Mm -hmm. for free. And then this year, we were like, you know, in the talks of doing other things. And that was able to play out. But that's kind of I just did the sacrifice for many years mm-hmm. to be able yeah. to to do that this year. I feel like yeah. that kind of ties with what we were saying in the beginning. You sometimes just have to give a lot, like a lot, a lot, a lot. Like I'm yeah. I when I remember when I was starting, I'm actually planning an episode about uh, makeup artistry. So I'm going to have another makeup artist join and like we're going to talk about the journey. But I remember when I was starting as a makeup artist I was assisting 12 hour shifts with no, maybe I was getting paid like a hundred bucks or something. Like it was insane. I was working so hard and I was just grateful to be there. I was assisting for free for a long time. I was doing anything I could just to kind of be close to that kind of environment that I wanted to be in. So I feel like. Did you do collabs as well? When I was starting with makeup? Yeah. How I was I was doing makeup for free for everyone, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like I was just like this uh, traveling free makeup artist. Well, Kat, this was so lovely. <laughs> this is so lovely. I'm so, so excited for this episode because I feel like you just have a lot of value. And is there anything else you would like to uh, share, like as a last um, thought? I know that if you work, I saw this yesterday and it really resonated with me. If you work eight hours in a day for somebody else's dreams, then you have those hours as well to work on your dreams after work or when you find yourself Netflixing and whenever you find yourself doing whatever, like there is so much opportunity in the world. People are becoming successful in every single country in the world. And if you really, really want something, like you will find a way, like you will go knock on the neighbor's door and the other person's door. Like if you really want to start something like start and no excuses. And yeah, I just want to see more entrepreneurs out there, especially female ones. I love, love, love to see it. I love that. Well, I hope that this episode inspired you to do something. Kat, can you please share where can everybody follow you? I'll put all of your links in the description, but please go ahead. Um, Mine is at cat.proano and um, the boho experience is my event company well thank you so much for listening and i hope to see you in the next episode thank you bougie bestie